at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. My expectations from the fans and from the administration is no different than my expectations from the players and the coaches. If best is the standard, then, then everybody, that's what our players deserve. You know, everybody has a part. Everything that we do matters in this program. We're going to have recruits here. It matters. Our players are going to bust their tails for this place in September and October, November and December and January. Okay, then we expect the best from, from everybody else, supporting the program the right way. Okay, don't matter how, what the temperature is or what time it is and where the sun is during the day, what we're doing if we have a halftime show or not. Okay, what road or what way, what uniforms we're wearing, none of that stuff matters. Show up. Okay, how we show up matters. Okay, send a message. You're right, Coach. It does matter. Everything matters. Tyler, what say you? Is this is this going to be the atmosphere that he's asking for? I am uh, going to do my part tomorrow in the stands. That much really? I can promise you. I'm going to be loud and engaged and throwing out some high fives after each score tomorrow. So if you're in Section 10 by me, uh, high fives are happening. No, dude, look, and he's exactly right about that. OU has great fans. They do. They show up every single Saturday, the sellouts and all that. But let's all remember what's about to happen starting next year. The mood of the SEC is going to happen. Like the margin of error is going to get a little bit slimmer once you go into that conference. Home field advantage is a big thing in that league. It matters in that league. And I think that this is a really good little starting point here to kind of start to get in everyone's minds. Like when you get a 7 o'clock night game, let's talk about a home field advantage that affected Kansas State. This is the perfect opportunity to get you ready for the SEC coming up, man. It should be loud. It should be crazy in there. There's no excuse for it. Got to be loud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that. I agree with that. Our our fan base is excellent, but we it just it's human nature. It comes with winning a bunch of football games. And high expectations that it can it can take a lot to get this this fan base rowdy and like any time that they feel questioned, right? That's whenever they show up in huge numbers. Right now, like throughout like in the spring, questioned by everyone in the country about what's gonna happen to Oklahoma's program, right? Sure. It's gone, it's dead. Lincoln Lincoln took it and any magic that they had has gone to Southern California now. Well, what happens? That pisses people off, and they show up 75,000 strong to a spring game. Uh, never happened, never been anywhere close to that. But as you start to win and everything kind of settles back in and you feel good about where the program is, you start to look down the road and say, well, I'll wait until this game or I'll wait until that game, right? That's, that's kind of what happens. It's human nature. I get it. I understand. But got to be better. Yeah. That's just how and it like is. And like you it's said, when, when called upon and when OU fans feel like, all right, we got to bring it, they, they always do. Like that, that, place can be, that place can be a really intimidating atmosphere. And I think it will be uh, once OU goes to the SEC. But 
dude, here's a chance for you but tomorrow why night. why not right now? That's what Tell I'm saying. Me. That's what I'm saying. It's like this is the perfect it, – it should be. There are no excuses for it not to be tomorrow night. Everything is set up perfectly for it to be like, dang, this place is jumping tonight. Yeah. Do you, and you think it will be? I think it will be. I have – that Kent State third quarter showed me a lot, I guess. And I guess my yeah. thought is, like, if it can be like that for this game – I think it can be like that for Kansas State because everyone knows the importance of this game. It's a big game. It's Yeah. You know what was interesting? The Kent State game on campus, it was a late-arriving crowd. Like, when we were on campus corner, I was walking around like, man, I thought people would be out in full force all day tailgating. It's kind of a late arrival. I get it. I understand. I think that's, that's fine. doesn't matter because – I was just I was surprised with how good of an atmosphere it ended up being, just kind of of the feel leading up to the game around campus. But it was a great atmosphere, and if it's a great atmosphere at Kent State, I think it could be amazing for Kansas State. I I hope they answer the call. I hope they do. I just would like to see a flip here. Um, we're always talking about well, you're going to get this team's best shot. You always do. Well, it's Always tough to go up to Manhattan and win. It's always tough to go to Nebraska and win. Like, I want it to flip around to where it says, yeah, Oklahoma's the better team, and they're going to have a significant home field advantage on Saturday. I think this program, this fan base, is 1,000% capable of doing that. Right. I just want, I just want to see it start tomorrow. That's what I want. Is that, yeah. too, is that too much to ask? Um, let me know on Sunday. Maybe, maybe I'll let you know Sunday. Sounds I'll good. let you know. I'll let you know. We'll know Saturday, right before kickoff. Like, there's no reason that that needs to be a slow burn. Um, like with the Selman statue, with all the stuff that's going on, the night kick. I'm sure like they'll have the Selmans featured in the 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 hype video. I. It should be an awesome atmosphere. It's, what, 7 o'clock? It's not going to quite be dark yet, so you won't be able to use the lights on the entrance, but, but it, it'll be it'll be dark way quicker than it was against Kent State. Yeah. Uh, what time did that kick? Was that a 6, 6 o'clock? Yeah, 6 p.m. Yeah, so you're an hour later plus, you know, the 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 sunlight, the sun sunset, rather, is – happening quicker and quicker every evening so should be able to see those lights in action are, are you pretty making, quick into uh, that football game are you making your debut in the intro video this week i haven't seen you i yet. don't know i hope not i told them i was like are you are you really sure like i don't want to like if there's better options i don't even want to be in it i feel like i'm i'm a little oversaturated in the market i'm on air every single day do the pregame show on TV, on the radio call. I think they've had enough of Well, me. I'm going to riot if this isn't what you say like you did 20 years ago. That's what I want. There's not a thing you can do about it. So you football. How did you know? Did they tell you that's what they did? <laughs> Don't get me excited. I don't make my game day if you show up. There ain't a thing you can do about it. I even I even grew up, grew out that horrible goatee or whatever that was. <laughs> Uh, all right. There's not a thing you can do about it. Air Comfort Solutions yeah. text line. Aren't they all big games? Signed, Brent Venables. Yes, yeah. Coach. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. 
What else is going on in the text line? Has uh, it been quiet today or is it just no, me? No, it's been popping. Uh, so I get off the plane today and tune up the ref to catch up after being out of town all week. You guys are at Pub W. Yes. So I cruise in that direction because I've always wanted to see Teddy and Tyler in living color. So as I'm pulling in the parking lot, Teddy says, we're at Pub W in Norman. Don't. I'm at the Pub W in Edmond. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, hey, we will be on Campus Corner tomorrow. Uh, for the football game, KREF Army tailgates. I will be at the Hertz Donut parking lot from 4 to 6. Teddy will be at Balfour of Norman from 3 to 4. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. 3 to 4. Yeah, I think that's right. Well, I, I still don't understand why you allocate that entire parking lot to Hertz Donuts. It's the parking lot for like five different things. Such as what? Name me a restaurant that's there. I don't know. <laughs> exactly, because I don't know either. It's the only business that I identify it with. Yeah, I guess that's. I guess that's fine. Everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be great. Tomorrow's going to be uh, a fun day. T. Rowe is not. Go- he's going an hour early um, with Parker Thune because he's going over to MC. The Selman statue unveiling at three thirty, I believe. Three thirty. That is. Yeah, three thirty is. Uh, that's that's when it's going to happen. The first family of OU football will uh, their, mm. their their legacy will be cemented forever on campus. Fifty four three and one with two national championships. That was OU's record when a Selman was on the team. Fifty four three and one with two national championships. Leroy Dewey. Crazy. I mean, uh, Leroy Lucius and Dewey. All uh, all Americans started uh, across the defensive line together. Just awesome, man. Awesome. And something that we may never see again in college football history. Dominant. Absolutely dominant. That's awesome. And uh, I, I've seen pictures of the statue. Like, they've already got it placed, right? Yes, yeah. They, um, they had, I think we saw it for the first time on social media like two days ago. It's huge, massive huge, statue. which I love. That's what I, I was hoping that that's what they would do is just make the thing just gargantuan, bigger than life. Those three guys standing there just look so awesome. I can't wait to walk over and see it in person. Yeah. going to be amazing. Um, we ask this question normally every Friday before the game, and the question is what does success look like on Saturday? Now, that question – between the UTEP and the Kansas State game is going to sound probably significantly different. Maybe not, but what does success look like tomorrow against KSU as a 12-and-a-half-point favorite? Well, you got to win all three phases. Thanks, Coach. That's how you win and, and dominate it. But I think if, if we can have success, like if we can remain balanced like Levy's been, I think we've got – 700 and something passing yards, 700 and something rushing yards right now, incredibly balanced. If we can remain balanced offensively and be able to run the football against them and throw it well, I, I think that offensively you're going to end up looking really, really good. Um, you know, because I would say, like, their defensive line is going to be the best that we've faced. They have the best individual players all over the field that we've faced. They've got the best backer in green. they got the best edge guy in 91, probably the best nose as well. They've got the, they've got the best wide receiver we've seen in Malik Knowles. 
they've got the best running back we've seen in Deuce Vaughn. And it goes on and on and on. The offensive line as a, as a group is the best offensive line that we've seen by a, a, a wide margin. So like all of those things considered, like if you can continue to do the things that you've done, I think that I think that's that's going to be really really impressive. Yeah, I don't um, I don't think that you should be all that concerned with this defense playing three games, looking up and what are they giving up like ten points per game, and thinking that they're yeah. really good. I, I would I would venture to guess that the most intense practice meeting sessions whatever that this defense has gone through was probably this past week after the Nebraska game when they played so well. Yeah. I, yeah. I trust yep. the staff to guard against this team all of a sudden thinking, hey, yeah, well, we're pretty good defensively now. We, we got it made. I mean, we're here. We, we arrived. Oh, uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. They're going to continue to crank things up. Continue to crank it up. Um, in, in I think the most positive development, and it looks – it appears this way on Vidya whenever you watch the game. The defense is understanding how to play as a team. And you hear that thrown around a lot. But there, there's a whole lot less of how, do I, how can I make this about me and how can I get mine. You know what I'm saying? And it just yes. feels like... It feels like everyone is, and you've heard Venable say this multiple times, he says it's unbelievable that everyone on the team is on the edge of their seat, they're absorbing everything that he says. And I think a lot of that you can credit to the fan base for how excited they were with the hire, right? If it would have been a little bit different, like not received as well, and maybe it was like you had the fan base kind of split on what some of their options were, I think it may have been different. But the way that the fan base reacted to the hiring of Venables and the stories that they've heard and the former players that have been through those doors and talked about their experiences there, I think it has that team absorbing everything that that he's saying right now, and it shows they're playing like a team. It's not about the individual success, and – you can you can tell it sticks out on film. You got guys doing things at a rate that they've never done that are not production plays. Like Reggie Grimes, the way he's been playing double teams is just unbelievable. Braden Willis, the way that he blocks and, and convoy blocks downfield and the way he approaches that. You just don't typically see guys do that when there's no production that comes with it. So I I'm thrilled with what I've seen and, and I, I I guarantee, like what you said about not resting on what they did against Nebraska and cranking things up even more for this week against Kansas State, I guarantee that's the that's the, the mindset. And with what we've seen so far, I fully expect the team to respond to that. Yeah, It's not just going up, falling on deaf ears. I, I think they'll uh, respond to it. Text line has kind of echoed this today. There's a text from the 405 that just came in, but I, I, I love it too. You know, you're, you're used to seeing kind of a head coach over there stand with no emotion, you know, but now you'll see Venables after, what was it, the first defensive drive where they gave up that touchdown, he goes over there to the bench and he was kind of giving them the business. You know, they, they yeah. may have a three and out or they may have a stop, but 
he's going to get into somebody once, you know, a guy goes back to the sideline. He's the head coach, but it's in no way a CEO role. I mean, he's still like, – and I think that's a perfect combination of, you know, it was, well, how's he going to act as a head coach? How's he going to be? I think it's the perfect combo. Like, he is the head coach on the sideline, but he still kind of got that defensive coordinator mentality to where he'll coach in between drives. He'll let the offense take care of itself sometimes with Jeff Levy, and he'll coach the defense in between series. I, I like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be in the mix. He's going to be out there in the blood and the mud and the beer, and I think the team responds to that. You know, I think they, they you know, it, it's the old saying, and I said this earlier, but teams end up taking on the personality of their head coach, and <laughs> I think that's what this fan base wants the team to play like, totally. is how Venables is every single day. And a right? guy I that mean, like, truly shows that he cares. That's what they want to. Like, OU fans yeah. love players, coaches, that they feel like they care as much as they do. Baker Mayfield, Britt Venables is that guy. Gets the game ball after his first win. He's like crying. He's crying thinking about the OU Nebraska game in 2000. Like, that plays extremely well with his fan base. In terms of yeah. uh, playing like a team, I, I don't know if this is the best example of it. This is probably more of an example of I just like this, things that are happened defensively. But the past two games, this defense has made a play where someone's held up the ball carrier, and I think maybe like two guys have held up the ball carrier, and someone else comes in and punches the ball away, and they get a turnover that way. I don't know if that's an right. example of like playing more like a team defensively, but – Whatever that is, like that, that's that's the good stuff right there. We haven't seen that in a while. One of the things that I've liked, and someone posted a, I don't know where I saw it today, but it was like just like a, like a raw batch of of highlights from some of Canic out there this year, and since they're raw and not really cut up, you can kind of see the rest of the defense in it, and. There's a whole lot of a tackle is made, a play is made, and you can see everyone stand up and instantly look to the sideline, right? There's not a, on a three-yard gain, there's not a tackle made and four guys stand up like it was a goal line stuff to win the Super Bowl. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. There's a whole lot less of that, and... Like the the demand is to make the player supposed to and get up, look to the sideline, and start being ready to communicate for the next play. Like there's there's not not the time to to run around and dance. And I think as they play better as a group, you don't like you don't really need that. Like the swagger comes from comes from the scoreboard. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on here from Pub W in Norman. Stay tuned. Opinions, you've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the... I'm saying, uh, yeah, we lost at Tulane last week at home. That wasn't a very good loss. We're still a good football team. They're going to try to show it tomorrow night, Norman, 7 p.m. OU minus 13 against Kansas State. There are some fascinating games across the league. And though I really haven't had a real feel of Baylor, Iowa State all week long, I, uh, for whatever reason, I'm feeling pretty good today that Baylor's going to go up there and win. Don't ask me why. I have no idea. But I think the Baylor's the better football team, and it's going to prove out tomorrow in Ames. That's a huge spot for them. I agree. I picked Iowa State, but 
I could be convinced of Baylor. I, I, I honestly feel like it is a, it's a coin flip game, in my opinion. And maybe it doesn't unfold that way. But as you look at it right now, I kind of feel like that's how you have to approach it. Um, Baylor, you know, they took that loss to BYU. They weren't able to, to break any explosive plays, haven't been able to hit over the top like, like you would expect. Um, Iowa State defense is right back where you would expect them to be. They're playing really well. Offensively, they're dangerous. Deckers has thrown a couple of interceptions, but he's made some really nice plays too. It, it wouldn't shock me if Iowa State was able to to pull off a victory there, but it also wouldn't shock me if Baylor was able to squeak one out. I, you know, I, I think that the the fact that Baylor hasn't been able to hit any explosive plays is critical because, like, that's not Iowa State's not the team where that's typically going to start happening. Yeah. Now, uh, this is a giant if, and I know that college football doesn't always work out in ifs, but how differently do we think of Baylor right now if they're, like, able to hit a field goal and beat BYU on the road? Like, I feel like the thought process That's shifts true. a little bit, you know? so It's true. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Uh, Bijan um, Robinson, this yeah. is where it's nice to have him because I think that this is a Tech defense that – and I don't know what the numbers say, how, how good they are against the run, but – this should be a matchup for UT to where Bijan Robinson could have a pretty good day. But if Tech's able to slow down Texas running game, then all bets are off and Tech can absolutely win this football game. They absolutely can at home. I, I'm biased, I understand, but I still don't think Texas is that good. They played the best game that they're going to play against Alabama. I know everyone after that is totally sold on the Ewers kid, even though he played, what, a quarter and a half, maybe, a handful of series, and played well. He made some plays. Don't get me wrong, he did. Made some nice throws. But Alabama continued to be poor the rest of that day. I, you know, so you know they've got some really good skill players. They've improved defensively. But I, UTSA – has them tied at halftime, and if they don't make some bad mistakes in that game, the thing's going to go absolutely down to the wire. Well, it was more than just tied. I mean, it was 17-7 to at one point in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just – I still don't think Texas is that good. and Or at least I don't think Texas is consistent, and if you're not consistent, this is a place where you can go get exposed. Now, I think one of the the interesting things is, like, all the talk about Lubbock being sold out and how big of an atmosphere that's going to be, I actually think that hurts Tech and helps Texas because the bigger the atmosphere, the more attention you get from them, and you know it's worthy of them to play good. If it's a sleepy game, I think that's whenever you have the best chance to beat well, them. Well, I hear about great atmospheres, well, supposedly great atmospheres in Lubbock all the time, and it hasn't really mattered for Tech. They do not have a great home record uh, in big games, especially for conference games on their home field. Right. Seems like they lose. Crazy things do not happen in Lubbock. Texas Tech just loses in Lubbock when it's a big game. And now, is that, an, is that 11 o'clock kick, too, or is a, that 2.30? That's a 2.30 kick at 6 yeah. p.m. you got Arkansas and A&M in Arlington. For the life of me, I don't understand why A&M is a two-point favorite in this game. 
I tend to think that Arkansas is actually – I mean, they're not the 10th best team in the country. I do think that they're pretty good. But I, I just – I think Arkansas is a better team here, and it's going to show tomorrow. I think they beat A&M. I do too. You I don't know what I'm know missing. Why, you, know, you want to know why they're a favorite? Uh, yeah, please let me know because I can't figure it out. They had the number one recruiting class in the country last year. Yeah, and they beat Alabama last year. Please throw that in there. Yeah, and last year they beat Alabama, yes. Yeah. That's that's why they are a favorite against Arkansas. Now, that's a neutral site game, right? It's in Arlington, yes. AT&T Stadium. They are not anywhere close to Arkansas offensively. And, yeah, Arkansas is not great on defense, but they're going to try and turn that thing into a shootout. And I got news for you. Uh, A&M does not want to be in a shootout. But they're going to be forced to be. And Max Johnson's going to throw picks. And, yeah, it. not only do I think Arkansas wins, I think there's a chance that it's a blowout. Yeah, hopefully Which, so. You know, am, what do I know? I, uh, I am rooting for Arkansas very heavily tomorrow. Now, the upset of the day, in case you're wondering, it's going to happen in Corvallis, Oregon, 830 Woo! on the Pac-12 network. USC minus six. They're going to lose outright to uh, Oregon State. I am definitely picking with my heart here, hoping that it happens. But I, USC hasn't faced, you know, too many setbacks in their first three games. Like Adversity really hasn't set in for this football team. It's going right. to happen tomorrow, man. It's going to happen on the road at Oregon State. And I'm fascinated to see what how that USC team responds to adversity. I still don't think they're great on the offensive line. I still don't think that they're great defensively. And they've been able to mask that so far with explosive plays down the field and opportunistic defense. I just don't know if they're going to count on, be able to count on both those things tomorrow. I think Oregon State wins. It'll be really close, and it might even be a lower-scoring 23-20 type of game, but give me Oregon State at home. Yeah, yep. I, I think the, um, the real question here is the line of scrimmage. You know, Oregon State's going to be by far the best team that they faced on the line of scrimmage, both sides of the ball. And there's no doubt that USC has tons of skilled players. Caleb Williams has played super solid football up to this point. Um, but they haven't faced a good team on the line of scrimmage. And Oregon State, not a top 25 team, but they're going to be the best that they faced on the line of scrimmage by quite a margin so i expect it to be a really tight game i think usc pulls the win with a field goal oh god gag Ugh, i hate it uh text line do the sooners hold deuce vaughn to under 120 yards they've never held deuce vaughn to under 120 yards um total or rushing it says total yards is what it says no i don't think they need to I think he's going to make some plays. He's going to have like 30 touches. Right? He's going to do some things out there, which that's fine. They just can't turn into 50-yard touchdowns or 40-yard touchdowns, right? If if he makes some nice catches, turns it into a, a first down, moves the chains, fine. Those things are going to happen. But you're also going to get your stops and force them into some third and longs and Adrian Martinez – and the passing game, in my opinion, is not going to be able to convert those at a high rate. And 
I think you're going to be okay. You just you can't let Malik Knowles get behind the defense. Well, you can't let yeah. Adrian Martinez beat you in some quarterback run game stuff. Like Deuce is going to get his, which is is fine. You just can't let it turn into sure. an offensive outburst by the entire they, team. They have two, maybe three guys that can beat you on offense. And, I, I mean, we'll see about Adrian Martinez with his arm, but it's Malik Knowles and it's Deuce Vaughn. You, you hold Deuce yeah. Vaughn to 120 or lower, right around that area, you should be okay if there's not a three next to the touchdown category for him. Don't, don't let him look like Darren Sproles, essentially, is, is what it is. But, yeah, there's I, I have little doubt that he's probably going to be their leading receiver tomorrow or at least have the most catches. Deuce Vaughn will have the most catches on K-State's team tomorrow. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I mean, he had 10 catches Probably. last year against yep. this team. Now, I don't think you'll have 10 catches tomorrow. At least he better not. But, like, that K-State's plan is for him to be the leading receiver tomorrow if they have it their way. Right. Yeah, I, I think they're going to find ways um, to highlight him. I mean, that's what you've got to do, right? They are – they're really totally dependent on Deuce Vaughn to get them going in the running game. I like 31. 31's a good player, um, but he's not Deuce Vaughn, and he's a nice changeup, but if they have to rely on him like like they did against Tulane when Deuce Vaughn was cramping up, I, they, just, they just can't get it done. So they're going to feature him, and he's going to make some plays. That's fine. You can't let him turn into huge, huge chunks, but – no, I don't think they have to hold him under 120 to, to win, and they probably probably won't, but they could. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple segments left here on a Friday from Pub W in Norman. Stay tuned. There's the King Barry Switzer, the Selman statue. 3.30 tomorrow is when that is happening. I know a lot of OU fans will be there. It's going to be a really cool event. we got to fill up the stat sheet here. That's brought to you by Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. That's I-40, exit 125. Just 20 minutes from OKC, a little drive to big savings. Now. We normally do the leading rusher, and we did that last week, and I just jokingly said Dylan Gabriel, and Teddy said, oh, no, yeah, Dylan Gabriel ain't going to be the leading rusher. He ain't going to be the leading rusher. And he had a 61-yard touchdown rush. So would you even was like – Was he the leading rusher? He wasn't, but he had a 61-yard touchdown run. You acted like he wasn't even going to carry the ball last week. No, I acted like he wasn't going to be the leading rusher, and oh, guess okay. what? I was All right. right. Yeah. All right. Um, leading rusher tomorrow. Is it Eric Gray? Is it Marcus Major or Javante Barnes? Um, ooh. I'm going to say the leading rusher tomorrow is Marcus Major. Wow. Why? Uh. I got. I got nothing. You just want to be. You just want to be different. Is all it is. Uh, how about this? It, it's a little more physical of a defense, a better tackling defense. I think yards are going to be a little more difficult to come by. I'll take the bruiser in this game. Maybe it's not going to be as much of an open field game. Give me the bruiser. 
Uh, I'll take Eric Gray just so we're different, but I do think he's going to get oh, more. Wow. He's going to get more carries in this game. That's the reason why he'll be the leading rusher tomorrow. Uh, Eric Gray is going to finish with. Eric Gray is going to have 12 carries for 96 yards and two scores, please. Well, hang on a second here. You say he's going to be the leading rusher because he's going to have more carries? Yeah. Well, I think it'll be split down and, the way, but, yeah, I, I think he'll – I think the most will be 12. And he's only going to have 12 carries? That's right. Uh-huh. Well, were we going to throw the ball you 50 act times? Like he's, What's going you on think here? He, you act like he's averaged 25 carries this season. Have you not been paying attention no. to, to the games this year? That's not how it's broken down. He had 11 carries for 113 against Nebraska. Right. But he didn't hardly play any in the second half. Okay, well, how about the other or, games? How many carries did he have in the other games? It's not Again, it's not like he's the had. Other like games in the games where he didn't play in the second half? Well, he played in the second half against Kent State. I mean, God, it was a 7-3 football game at halftime. The carries are still going right. to be split between he and Marcus Major will have some carries. Dylan Gabriel will have some carries. I think Barnes will some. probably have some carries. Yes. How many How many is Marcus Major going to have? I don't, you're the one that picked him to fill up the stat sheet. That's your job. You tell me. He'll have 12 carries for, what would you say Eric Gray was going to have? 96 yards and uh, two touchdowns. Major will have 12 for 84 and two touchdowns. Mm. By the way, in terms of yards per carry, it looks like Dylan Gabriel, text line saying, was the leading rusher last week. So I have not calculated that up, but I would just like to throw that out there. Oh, come on. Yards per carry. Really, is that how we're going to do things now? You just oh, so Gavin week. Freeman is the leading rusher on the season. For yards per carry. Well, uh, no, they, they tried to go back to that play last week, and it didn't work out that well. Was that the lone turnover, turnover on the season? Did it happen on that play? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not good. Only turnover. Well, that's a, that's a real question there is, can we remain with the number one offense turnover free? That's a critical yeah. factor in this game. Um, they have hmm. feasted on, on poorly timed – turnovers by us in the past yeah they have like seemingly every single game where it's been close uh by the way that's filling up the stat sheet brought to you by dorsey jones buick gmc that's i-40 and exit one and 20 uh i-40 exit 125 just 20 minutes from okc a little drive to big savings and a segment every single week that's guaranteed to cause some sort of a debate or fight so i'll yeah. see you next friday well, yeah whenever you argument. pick the leading rusher to have like three carries on the day Unbelievable. The leading right, rusher have three carries. Out. What are you talking about? I said he's going to have 12. Yeah. I mean, whatever. 12 carries. I don't, I don't understand you like, why, you make got, a bet. Like, why you have this big beef with the amount of carries. Like, I may be off. Like, you could be right. I may be off. But if I'm off, it may be like by three carries. You're acting like I could be 10 carries off of what – Eric Gray's going to have tomorrow. He's not going to have more than, like, 22. He's not going to have that number. Three carries. That's 25%. Okay. Well, then maybe I'm two or three off. Maybe. We'll see. But, again, you act like it's he's going to be Steve Owens back there carrying it 45 times. 
God, if you think he's going to have so many carries, then you should have picked him as the leading rusher is what it sounds like to me. Well, I don't, but I, I don't know. I guess I was just shocked by your tactics. I don't know. I, you feel like this is a four-quarter game for the starters, right? I don't know. I picked 35-14. So, I mean, I got him winning by three scores. So, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a four-quarter game. Maybe the final series they'll put the twos in. But they're not going to feel very comfortable with Barnes out there toting the rock, you know, if you're up two scores as, as the fourth quarter rolls over. So... Great. Now, now we've Maybe created a scenario where I'm going to be counting uh, carries in the second half for, for Eric Gray. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Pull it, DG. I've He's got, got 11 pluck. carries. Pull it. Pull it. Run it. I've got to pluck something out every now and then and just hammer you about it to make you just anxi- full of anxiety throughout the game hey, watching something a, that you, doesn't you even matter. You don't want me to enjoy the game in the second half. It's fine. I, I, know, <laughs> I know this. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap things up here from Pub W in Norman. Remember, happy hour every day, 3 to 6, with all kinds of drink specials. And uh, this month's special, food-wise, during happy hour, is the Street Steak Tacos. Only $7.95. Got to check them out. We'll be back. 